My six-year-old wants a phone, a giant unicorn, a green tea latte, a pink office chair, beautiful clip-on earrings, Reese's peanut butter cup, nail polish, and a pink tent. I just sold my dream home. It was everything that I could have imagined when I was little. Once I had that, I realized like, I don't really want this. I don't want to work so hard to have to pay the mortgage on this. Gift giving is like truly a skill. There's a lot of people who think that they should give something that they want to give the people. To be a great gift giver, you need to think about like what they would want, not what you want them to have. I've had three nose jobs. Now my nose holes are like closing in and I cannot breathe because of all these like nose jobs I've had. I'm Heather. And I'm Shannon. And we are two women here sharing inspiring stories about fearless females to help encourage you to live your life unapologetically. Welcome to the Unapologetically Me podcast. Almost Christmas. I am so curious. It might even be Christmas by the time this episode comes out. I am so curious what you and your family do for Christmas. Like, how do you Christmas shop? Do you make Christmas lifts? Do you exchange gifts with your family? Like, how do y'all do that? Yeah. So our family is like insane when it comes to Christmas time. And usually everybody gets like an insane amount of gifts. And my dad decorates his house like um, a Christmas uh, family. Oh my gosh, I've seen pictures of this. (laughs) You post it on Instagram. It's out of control. Like, wait until you see. He just sent me a video last night of what his house is decorated like for Christmas this year. There's about like 20 of those inflatable blow-ups like all over his yard. Um, you know, his poor neighbor across the street is probably like blinded every time they like um have you <laughs> like seen the Christmas, Christmas vacation? Yes. yes, exactly. No, that's literally Chevy Chase is literally my dad. So I have one of those blow up things in my living room right now because we don't go out in the front of our yard very often. Like the kids play in the back and my six-year-old really wanted this blow up, blow up Santa Claus bear, but she needs it inside so she can see it. So I can hear that from the air like all day long because it's sitting in my living room. I love that. I think that's so fun. I did one in my living room. um, I think it was like a couple of years ago and it's... I just love the way like the kids eyes light up when they see that stuff. It's so exciting for them. Um, But I'm curious. I feel like people who think that they should give something that they want to give the people. And in reality, to be a great gift giver, you need to think about like what they would want, not what you want them to have. And thinking that through and becoming a really great gift giver is like the skill. And um, my family is actually really great at that. My dad started and he's always like the most thoughtful person, has it all planned out. He's like never late. And we, we also aren't a family that gives gift cards because we think of gift cards as like, those aren't gifts. Those are just like giving someone money. And while for my, I do have some employees that I give gift cards to, but from like a family standpoint, we want to actually give gifts. And so my kids just made their Christmas list this week and they're freaking hilarious. Um, Wait, before you tell us, let us know their ages because I think that's important. So obviously the baby doesn't have a Christmas list. She's four months old. But my six-year-old wants a phone, (laughs) a giant unicorn, um, a green tea latte, a pink office chair, beautiful clip-on earrings, and this is her description, Reese's peanut butter cups, nail polish, and a pink tent. So very much a six-year-old, right? So cute. But it quick it quickly escalates when you uh, go to my 11-year-old um, who wants a Rolex. Not even sure why she thinks that goes on a Christmas list. 
Um, she wants a a purple ball gown. I don't know where we're wearing that, but a purple ball gown. Um, neon green platform shoes and 30 three zero bras. Who needs 30 bras? <laughs> Preferably from Victoria's Secret. Oh, wait, she's <laughs> 11? She's 11. You're like, what is this? The escalation from 6 to 11 is like extreme. And then my son is pretty normal. He wants a new iPad, a $100 gift card, a drone, and pretzels. How old is he? He's eight. Eight. Okay. I love that. So I'm curious, as their mom, what are you getting off of these Christmas <laughs> So my my mom asks every year, like, she has a budget that she spends for the kids. So she's like, send me their Christmas list. And she picks something off of it. And then I go from there. Um, I try and make sure all the kids get the same number of gifts. I don't know if anyone else does that. But I, even though they cost different amounts, I don't want anyone to feel left out. Like, because they, they're so little, they don't totally understand that. Um, and I know one year when my son had asked for something pretty expensive, he had like three gifts and the girls had like 15 and it was really weird. And you could tell that it hurt his feelings. Um, and I hadn't thought that through. I totally failed that year. Um, so even if it's like wrapping him up socks and underwear, like he needs the gifts. Kids like opening those Christmas gifts. Right. But I am the kind of mom that it is two weeks till Christmas and I have not bought anything until like five minutes ago. <laughs> So I've got to start ship Christmas shopping. Otherwise, they're not going to have anything. How about yeah, you? Literally, well, so, and it's funny because she's like, yeah, I just started cr Christmas shopping and I just bought the first thing like 10 minutes ago. This was like right before we started filming. I'm like, that's so funny. And I always talk about how Heather and I are so different, like in certain ways, because I start doing things like way in advance, but because I have such bad, like ADHD, I have this thing where, um, and I don't know if anybody knows, like, have you heard of object permanence? So it's hmm. basically like when you put something in a drawer, right? Like your clothes or something, you know that it's in there, right? Like, cause you, you remember. So if things go in a drawer or if I buy Christmas gifts, I will forget what I, what I bought. And so, and so a lot of times, like I'll buy things multiple times that I already have, cause I don't know that they exist. And it's part of like some people that have ADD um, will do this because they don't have that object permanent. So I buy things and then I forget and then I'll wrap things and I'll forget what I bought people. So I'm like, oh, it's like a surprise for me too. When they open it up, I'm like, oh, how cool. What a fun gift. <laughs> well, it's even more tough because you don't stay in the same place most of the time. You're like traveling around in the camper. You're living in multiple houses. Um, for me, used to, I, I, I have two houses, but I don't stay in the uh, one of them as often as the other, especially with the more kids I've gotten, the harder it gets to drag all their crap around. And so the house that I primarily live in, um, my closet has a keypad and like lock on it so that oh, no one so can get cool. in it. And that's so cool and fancy. Yeah. You literally have a lock on your, a keypad lock on your closet. Yeah. There's a keypad lock on the closet. So no one can get in the closet. And so there's a shelf in that closet where I keep gifts on because, um, like my mom and I like so many of the same things and my cousin and people like that. So throughout the year when I'm like, Oh, this would be cool for my mom. I buy it, put it on the shelf. So then like her birthday's in a week. So like that way I'm not like the day before going, what the heck am I going to buy my mother? Like normally I've like bought things throughout the year, got them on my gift shelf and I'm like ready to go. Wow. You're so organized in that sense. Not for I Christmas. 
<laughs> but for other things you are and you and you mentioned having like a budget like your mom had a budget for holiday gifts and this is something that i think is so smart because um growing up like my mom and dad like they never really taught me about budgets and budgeting and even till this day like they don't have budgets my parents like well especially my dad he'll just like go buy a bunch of stuff and they don't have a budget and so i'm curious like did your mom teach you that growing up, like about budgeting? And is that something that you learned from her? I don't think it was a thing until I was in maybe high school. And I don't know if it wasn't a thing or if I just didn't notice or pay attention. Um, but most of my life, she was a single mom and she worked really hard to support all of us, all of us as in my brother and I. And she got married when I was a freshman in high school. So like my, my stepdad adopted me when I was uh, 18, but most of our lives, she was a single mom. And so being able to afford everything she needed to afford, she wasn't getting child support. Um, she had to budget for it and she was always planning out like our groceries and all of those things and having a set budget for it. So probably I learned that from her and didn't realize it. Um, or even like balancing a checkbook, like seeing her always doing that. And every Sunday afternoon, she'd be taking all of her receipts and like, balancing her checkbook and so like it's just something that we got used to like people do that digitally now right because you can like easily access stuff or you know what's coming out because you have it scheduled but no not a everyone kid, does a it years ago. I, i've never seen my parents do that even told this day <laughs> nope um so that's why i think it's really fascinating because i think like growing up we think that things are normal and that like other people probably do all of those same things but like for me i've never been taught how to budget i literally am watching TikTok videos on like how to do it now that i'm 38 years old so i think it's just really interesting that you learn that in high school um I, yeah, my parents even have an agreement amongst themselves if they're spending more than $500. It was $100 when I was a kid. But if they're spending more than $500, they're going to have a conversation and talk to each other about it. Like they don't just go out and buy stuff. So that's anything so over 500 bucks. And it's not like somebody's controlling something. It's more of just like a, it actually, it helps because you're like, do I really need that? Do I really want that? It gives you a minute to like sit through, sit and think, think it through. Do we really need that? Does somebody else have another thought? So anything over $500 they're having a conversation about. And with my kids, with buying crap, you know how kids are. They'll pick something out and then five minutes later, they don't want it anymore. So they're constantly wanting something from Amazon. And so they have to have the same thing in their Amazon cart and still want it for a week before yeah. we buy it. Like they That's have to so like the same funny. thing for the whole week. So I started doing that for myself because I am so bad with Amazon. And literally like when you have money, in your bank um, and you don't do these smart things, you know, like to budget, you can go, like blow through money so quickly. And so I started doing that where I looked at my Amazon account and I was like, oh my gosh, or my bank statement when I got a bookkeeper recently. And I was like, oh shit, she's going to see all of my like Amazon. So now that I have a bookkeeper, I'm like, someone's looking at all my stuff. I need to like clean my act up, you know? So I'm like, man, I got so many Amazon charges. So now I started doing the same thing where I have to leave it in my Amazon cart for a while. And if I still want it after like a few days I'm, and I'm still thinking about it, then I will go buy it. But if I forgot about it, then I won't, I won't buy it. I'll take it out of my cart. So speaking of having money in your account, didn't you just sell your primary residence? I did. I just sold my dream home. And it's so crazy because it was 
everything that I could have imagined when I was little, you know, like the American dream of having like this like big house and we had a pool and a sport court and a basketball court. And, you know, it was just like so beautiful. We, we renovated it to look exactly how we wanted it. And it was a big house. And from the outside looking in, I feel like people would be like, wow, she like has everything that I feel like most people dream about having. And then, you know, like my dreams changed. Like once I had that, I realized like, I don't really want this. Um, I want a smaller house. I don't want to work so hard to have to pay the mortgage on this, you know? And, um, it's a lot to clean and it's a lot to upkeep. And I don't feel like people realize like the maintenance of having a pool guy and then having a gardener and like all these different things that you have to maintain a big property like that. Um, and even the property taxes, I think you were talking about how expensive property taxes are. And I feel like, you know, you don't think about those things, but they add up. And then I just feel like I was just on, on a hamster wheel working so hard just to pay to have this like house that I thought I was supposed to have. And so I finally sold it. And now I have the proceeds in my bank account and I'm thinking about what am I going to do? And Wait, how so let's talk I about both things. How are you feeling now that you sold it? So I was feeling a little bit sad, right? Cause I'm like this dream that I worked so hard for, I, I was able to achieve and now I'm just letting it go. But I had to remember, like, it's just kind of bittersweet, I guess, you know? Um, so that's how I'm feeling, but I'm also like, oh my gosh, I don't have a house now to like go to. And I'm, I just have my motor home. Um, and so we're basically staying at my mom's house until after the holidays. And then we're going to be living in my motor home, which is going to be like my only, I mean, we have other houses, right? But we don't live in them. They're rentals or like Airbnbs. So we don't have like a primary house. So I need to go find a primary house. Um, but I also have this money sitting in my account. And I'm like, <laughs> what am I going to do with this? In the meantime, do I put it in like a high yield savings account? Do I buy like another rental property? Do I give it to like someone in the mastermind, you know, to like invest for me until I find a house? Like, what do I do? So anytime I'm about to get like a chunk of money, and when I say chunk of money, like some people inherit something, some people's like, do you have family members who die and you get money? You win the lottery, like not many of us, but somebody. Um, for me, I sell a rental property because it's part of my process, or maybe you're a realtor and you get a commission check, or um, sometimes when you get tax return money, most people get money for their tax returns. Some, some of y'all got stimulus checks. I think it's really important that before that money hits your account, because in almost every scenario that I just gave you, you have a heads up that that money is coming into your account. If you're selling a house, there's a closing period. If it's your tax refund money, like, you know, that that's the same time every year. Um, the bill passed for us to get stimulus checks long before we got it. When a relative or someone dies, if you don't know they're dying, it's not like you get the money that day that there's a process for that, right? So it's really important that before that happens, you have a written out plan of where every single dollar that you're getting is going. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it's really easy for that money to go into your account and you blow it because you don't, like you said, all of the $30 Amazon purchases add up. Y'all, when my family goes to Starbucks right now, it's like $60 for all of us. Like all those Uber Eats and Instacarts and all that stuff, they add up and you look at it and you've spent $10,000 and you didn't even like think about spending $10,000. So when you, you're getting that chunk of money, it's important that you've written out a budget and have a plan with every single dollar that you're getting. 
I'm taking notes over here. <laughs> <laughs> so Shannon, what's your plan? Obviously you're getting ready to buy another house. So yeah. you need that money to be accessible quickly. Are you planning on getting a loan and putting down a minimal down payment? What do, what's your plan with that? So that's the thing. I'm, and I'm sure a lot of people maybe listening have read, hold on one second. I literally need to wipe my nose. It's like running. It's so disgusting. Speaking of that, I'm going to talk to you about why my nose is running so much all the time because of like my, th I've had three nose jobs and I, now my nose holes are like closing in and I cannot breathe because of all these like nose jobs I've had. And so it's really hard for me to breathe now. And I'm like, I can't go in to have a fourth nose job. I don't know what, then I really won't be able to breathe, try to open up my nose holes. And like one of them is like coming, like caving in and the other side's like bigger. So I kind of get some air through that one. But I- Is this I what happened to Michael Jackson? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I, but I can't breathe as well through my nose anymore after having three nose jobs. And so I'm constantly using like, you know, the extreme congestion relief to stick up my nose so that I can breathe better. And so I don't sound congest congested before I do like voiceovers or when I go to film. And so then my nose is like always dripping and running because of this stupid like nose spray that I'm using all the time, which is really bad for you, by the way. You, you really should not be I feel like we could do a whole episode on this talking about like how you feel. I've never had any surgery done on my face. So um, like, I don't know how it feels to like, like the body dysmorphia or the like looking at a face that isn't what you're used to when you wake up every morning and getting used to that. There's a, um, there's an influencer named, um, Layla Hermosi and she's oh, yeah. so freaking smart with business. And, um, she's like freaking amazing. If y'all don't follow her, you should. And earlier this year she had a nose job and a couple things done to her face and she's like almost unrecognizable. She looks so different. Yeah. Um, I don't think she's done an episode on it yet, but I'm really curious like how she feels about the way she looks now since it was so important to her. Well, you know, she talked about it. She, she did talk about, um, having surgery on Instagram. I saw like a reel she posted. So she's I saw her talking about having surgery, but I haven't seen her talk about like now that she's gone through, like it's been enough months, like it's kind of stabilized the way she's going to look. She even, she was an extreme, like, um, person going to the gym. I don't know what to call her, like exercise person, um, and really <laughs> muscular and she, yeah fitness yeah fitness person fitness whatever um and her husband's like totally jacked so it's something that they have in common and um she even like stopped working out for a while to have this like more feminine looking body structure so like yeah. hers was such an extreme like path i'm really curious like how she feels after that i would you know i w i would love to have her i wonder if she would ever come on our podcast so we could talk to her about that that would be so cool right yeah we need to send her a message and ask yeah. Layla, if you're, wait, we should send her this clip. Layla, can you please come on our podcast <laughs> so we can ask you about your surgery? Um, that would be so fun. So yeah, I do think, um, you know what I think is like so crazy too, because a lot of times like I'll look at somebody and think they're like so beautiful and then, but they don't see the, what I see in them. Right. And, and a lot of times like we're our own worst critics and we look at ourselves every day in the mirror. And I know for me, like so just growing up, people are like, oh my God, like so LA, she's had three nose jobs, you know, um, but people don't realize like, you know, they talk about like culture, right? So like my LA culture, like my mom, I grew up and she worked in plastic surgery. Like she was the, um, what is it called? Like, I don't know, the person, a surgical tech in plastic surgery. So like 
every day I would wake up and the folders that I would see with pictures of like people getting their implants. And like, I would see that as like a young kid growing up. And so it's all I knew. Um, and also my mom had had three nose jobs and then her mom had had three nose jobs. So it was just like, you know, something that you do. So in high school, my sister and I both got nose jobs together. Um, and I don't know, it's just, something. But for me, I know like I didn't like the way that I looked in the mirror. I didn't like my nose. I wasn't happy with it. And so I, my own like beliefs when it comes to plastic surgery is if you can afford to do it and it's going to make you happy and you're doing it for yourself and not someone else, I 110% support that. Um, because it's like, you know, putting on makeup. We, we put on makeup because we like the way that it looks and we feel confident. Um, and so I feel like plastic surgery is the same thing. If you're going to do something and it's going to make you feel better, like why not? Because at the end of the day, like you're the one that has to look and live with yourself and look at yourself in the mirror every day. And if that's something that's going to make you happy, then do it. I don't know. That's just like my belief. What are you, what are your beliefs on plastic surgery? So I don't know that it makes you any happier. I think you think it's going to, but I don't know that it does. Oh, girl, um, we should have talked. I'm really happy. <laughs> <laughs> I am much happier. So we should have. We should have talked to Anna about this on our episode with her. We need to bring her back on for a plastic surgery episode. But um, so when I was, I don't know, I'm trying to think of how old I was, maybe six years old. And the relative that I'm talking about would literally come to my house and murder me if I if I told you who it was. Um, but one of my relatives will go with that. Um, and this was like back before everyone had breast implants. Um had just had breast implants. And again, I was like maybe six years old. I'm trying to place where I lived at the time. I might've been seven. And um, I can remember being in the bathroom with her and my mother. And like, again, it was a thing that you didn't, there wasn't social media. So you didn't see a bunch of pictures of this and not everyone had it done. And she was showing us like the surgery she had just had. And it was back before they could do it where you could like hardly see scars. They had literally, and like, this is so graphic y'all, but like they had cut the nipple off and like the scar underneath and like <laughs> all of the scars. Cause this was like, you know, 30 years or yeah, 30 years ago. Right. Um, and so as a little kid, I'm like, oh my gosh, like <laughs> thinking of how extreme it looks. Right. But then as an adult, I'm like, I want that. I want that. Like, I want that. And what's weird is you see women who are totally flat chested, like, and I probably shouldn't say this, but like almost like masculine looking, right. Cause they have no feminine figure. And so they choose to get it because like, they want to look more feminine. I had like, I don't know, small B boobs. I don't know why I thought I needed breast implants, but, um, I was 24 maybe when I got breast implants for the first time. And dude, y'all, I have like triple D boobs now that, um, I've had a, a whole bunch of kids plus breast implants. Like I just have huge freaking boobs now. Wait, do you still have your boobs? You still have um, breast implants in now? Mm -hmm. And yep. have you, so I also got my boobs done not once, but twice. I liked having multiple surgeries. I don't know. I'm like, you know, <laughs> apparently, <laughs> well, you, you get it done and you're like, yeah, you know, I think we could do better. Like, let's try this again. <laughs> um, so I think that, um, for me, I started getting really sick. Have you heard of the, have you heard of breast implant illness? I'm sure you have. Yes. And like anytime I ever have like some minor ailment, I'm like looking up on the internet. I'm like, is this part of that? And it, I think I'm fine. Mine's not yeah. ever that, but. Well, that's good. I ended up getting my implants removed because I was scared that they were like making me sick because I was diagnosed with 
like multiple different autoimmune diseases. And so I don't know if it's from the implants, like I'll never know, but I was like, just in case I want to get them out. Um, and it's so crazy because when, uh, by the way, my son was playing with my implants that were inside of my boobs the other day when we were like cleaning out my garage. Cause my doctor gave them to me. I'm and like, then why do you have that? Yeah, my doctor gave them to me. Well, the reason I kept them was because when he took the implants out, one of them was like cloudy and like there was like something growing inside of it. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so glad that I got these taken out. So the other one was totally fine. But then I started getting capsular contracture. I think that's what it's called, where it starts to get kind of hard. Um, and yeah, like one of them, I've seen like mold. I'm not trying to scare you because obviously you're fine. I'm sure yours are like totally good, but there's been like mold growing inside these breast implants and mine had this like cloudy thing in them. And so he was like, you should send them to the company to, so that they can test it to see like what's going on, you know? Um, so that's why I kept them. I've never sent them to the company, but yeah, it was hilarious when I turned around and my two-year-old was playing with my implants that were removed from my boobs. I was like, yes, yeah, sorry, buddy. You can't play with these. This, these are, these are nasty. <laughs> we're totally sidetracked too. We were supposed to be talking about budgeting I know. the money that you've gotten from your house. And we've, we're now oh, yeah. talking about all of our plastic surgery experiences. I know. Um, so welcome to my ADD. Let's talk about a totally new subject. So you know that limitless pill that I was taking? Yeah, that was like maybe a month ago we were talking about that. Yeah, so that limit, that limitless pill did not work for me. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I had really high hopes for that pill uh, because when I went on TikTok, yeah, everyone did was you originally, Yeah. Did you originally find it on TikTok or was it originally in a uh, suggestion from your doctor? So originally it was a suggestion from my doctor because I have pretty severe ADHD. If you haven't already noticed, I'm like going from one subject to the next. Um, and so we've tried different medications. We tried the stimulants. It didn't, those definitely did not work for me. So for most people that take like Adderall or Ritalin, you know, they like clean their whole house. They get a bunch of stuff done. They got all this energy. And for me, it made me want to fall asleep on the couch. So that definitely did not work. And then, so my doctor had said, you know, let's try a, something different. That's a little bit similar, which is the modafinil, which is also known as the limitless pill in real life. And so at first I was like, no, I'm good. I just don't want to take medication anymore. I just, I don't like the way it makes me feel. I'm already on a bunch of medication for my autoimmune diseases. So I was like, nah, but then I started getting really frustrated one day because my ADD was like really bothering me because I had meant to like get something done that I needed to get done. And I just completely sidetracked the whole day. And I was really like upset with myself and frustrated. So I was like, I went back and I'm like, okay, what was that medication again that he was telling me about? And I looked it up on TikTok and it was the real life limitless pill. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So immediately I'm like on the phone texting my doctor. I'm like, hey, just kidding. I want to try that medication you were talking about. And so that is how it got uh, like that's how I found out about it was because my dot, my psychiatrist had recommended it to me. So I tried it out for like a couple days. And at first I was like, Oh, maybe this is working. And then it started making me feel really weird. Like I felt like I was kind of like an alien in outer space. And so whatever these drugs do for the other people that were talking about how great they were on TikTok, I did not have that same experience, unfortunately. <laughs> 
it's interesting how medications, regardless of what it is, whether it's like over the counter, it's, you know, even natural stuff, how they affect everyone's body differently. Like yeah. I, even the like dosage, because I basically take no medicine ever. Um, and if I need to take medicine, my mom's the same way. I, I need like half of the dose they recommend. Otherwise I'm like Looney Tunes because my body doesn't process the medication well, since I don't really take any medication or maybe that's not even why, but that's how I've just thought of it in my head. Um, things affect everybody so differently. Yeah, it's so true. And that's why like, it scares me when I think about high school and all of the drugs I did in high school. And I'm like, I don't know how I'm still alive because I was just taking all kinds of stuff. I didn't even know what it was. They were like, oh, here, do you want this? I'm like, sure, this looks like fun. And now I'm like, it's so, so paranoid. Crazy how different, so crazy how different our journeys were and how we basically ended up in the same place. I've never even smoked a cigarette, y'all. I've never tried a single drug. I've never smoked a cigarette. I what? drank enough alcohol to like kill a fish when I was like <laughs> 21. Like, I think we probably all had that phase in like college or right after for a minute, but um, I've never even tried to smoke a cigarette. Oh my gosh. Are you, wait, so you've never like, have you ever tried like drugs? None, never. Oh, the, the closest thing I have ever had to feel like trying a drug was after I had my first child, like the, the labor was so extreme. It was like 29 hours and I tore super bad. So they gave me this, um, like extreme pain pill. And because I had never taken anything like that, I took the pain pill. And my eyes are like rolling in the back of my head. My mom's like, dude, you look like a crack addict right now. We need to switch you to like ibuprofen. You do not need that. Um, and yeah. so after like two days of those, I was like, yeah, I can't have these anymore. Uh, that is the close experience I have had to feeling like I have tried some kind of drug. I love how you're like, they gave me some extreme pain pill. <laughs> it was probably like Norco or like Vicodin no or something. It was. I it was have like, no idea. It was extreme, extreme for me. For me, it was extreme. I literally looked like a crack addict with like my head roll, eyes roll, and I couldn't like pay attention to anyone anymore. And like it was, it was really bad. That's so funny. That yeah, like it, it is really wild, right? Like how we had totally different paths growing up and even now. And but like here we are. I love it. Homeschool um, moms buying real estate. Like I know doesn't matter what your past or journey was. This is how we got here. I'm telling you. So we had something really crazy happen this week with our family. Um, I have blocked my mother-in-law on Instagram. No. And yes. And I know that like talking about your in-laws can be this like funny thing that people do. And I don't ever want to paint somebody in like a negative light because we all have different cultures and different ideas of the way things are. Um, but it couldn't have come at a more perfect time because my husband and I, with a couple friends, went to a conference last week. And one of the main speakers was Ed Milet. If you've never listened to his podcast or read his book, he's freaking amazing. Um, and his whole talk was on walking the lonely road. It was about making decisions that the people around you might not understand. They're going to, it's going to be against culture. It's going to be against the friend group you grew up in. And it's going to be different. And to make sure that you're not taking advice from people who haven't lived the life that you want to live, which most of us as entrepreneurs can resonate with that. Dude, I was like bawling crying during his talk. I don't think you, anybody was not crying. But I think as entrepreneurs, most of us um, have felt that at some point. Because even when I bought my first property, my dad was like, 
Heather, I don't know why you want to go through the stress of that and the risk. Um, since then he's come around and like sees that it's a good thing, but not everybody's going to support you on your journey and the decisions that you're making. And I think that it's important that you have your goals written out and your why of why you're doing it. And your why needs to be strong enough to trump those phone calls you're going to get from your family, to trump those comments you're going to get from your brother and your sister and your best friend from childhood, your neighbor, your whoever you talk to. You need your why to be strong enough to combat no matter what it is that they're going to say. I love that. Now, now I want to go um, watch uh, one of his podcasts. What's his name? Ed Milet. Ed Milet. He's so freaking good. Yeah. The okay. His book is called The Power of One. I think that's He has a couple books. That's his most recent one. He made you cry? Oh, my gosh. I cried, like, the whole time. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't picture you crying. Dude, I was crying. Yeah, I'm not an overly emotional, like, female. Yeah. I'm not con- – it's one of my – I feel like that's one of my superpowers is I'm, like, not controlled by my emotions. I'm usually able to step back in a situation and remove those emotions and make really great decisions. Um, but, no, he had me bawling for, like, 20 minutes. Oh, I love that. That's really cool. So I get, I think that's a great like takeaway to, you know, for, for anybody listening, um, is to write down your goals and your why. Um, I'm going to do that. I'm like literally writing notes. I like write lo- notes on my own podcast of like what I need to be doing. Cause I, I, I like, <laughs> well, also, like the negativity that some people can bring into your life mm. can really affect you. And for many years now, I've had an extreme hard boundary on, I don't care who it is. Mm. I do not allow negative people in my life. And if they have any level of negativity that affects me negatively, I am done and I'm not listening to it. I don't care who it is in my life. There will not be someone who has any level of negativity that has access to my brain. I, I like that you draw like a strong boundary. So clearly something. My happened. eight-year-old is, is is causing me to have an issue with that. <laughs> um, Unfortunately, we can't get rid of our kids, right? We can't. <laughs> so I just, um, what I was saying earlier that I had just bought the first Christmas gift, I bought him a gratitude journal. So him and I every morning are going to write down something he's thankful for because I we're going to work out his negativity. Yeah. I love that. I think that that's such a good idea. And I think that will help him a lot. And you're teaching him from a young age, like when you start to have these thoughts. So I've been telling, and we'll get back to why you blocked your mother-in-law, but we've, we've been telling my five-year-old because she's like, I can't do this. I can't do this. And I remember Heather's mom always telling Heather, don't say you can't say you can and do it. And so I've been saying the same thing to my, to my daughter. Um, and then she just like screams and hits me when I tell her that, but I'm going to keep telling her until she she's going to remember it when she's our age and it's going to be a superpower. It's literally like written on the wall in my office now too, so that we like, don't forget. Um, my mom also used my brother, everything he wanted help with, he would say, we like, we're going to do this. And oh. my mom was like, who's we, you got a mouse in your pocket. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we should have your mom stuff. on the podcast. We should. We should. We got to give her a glass of wine first. She's way more entertaining. (laughs) Your mom, I feel like, is like has so many like little gym nuggets to give us that she's taught you. Maybe we should have an episode with both our moms. Oh my gosh, that would be hilarious. My mom, by the way, is 
she i love her so much and she's my best friend um but she also is we always are cracking up and i'm so much like her so i can't like say anything bad but like we're very like naive in the sense that um she just says like the craziest shit sometimes and so i think she'd be great for the podcast <laughs> she's so my sweet. mom and i are the exact same only i know that i'm that way and she doesn't know she's that way <laughs> My mom is like the type of person that when someone comes up to her on the street and is like, oh my gosh, are you Shannon Rose's mom? She FaceTimes me when I, you know, with this person um, that she's, you know, sees or whatever. And I'm like pooping on the toilet and answering her FaceTime. <laughs> and there's like somebody that watches my videos and I'm like, oh, hi, like, how's it going? And I'm like, mom, I'm going to the bathroom. <laughs> Gotta go. She's like that. Yeah. So um, it's really funny. Or she'll be like, oh my gosh, do you want to call her? Let's call her. And she'll like give my phone number out, you know, to people. She's like, like that. Um, but it's so She's very sweet. She is very sweet. Yes. Um, anyway. Okay. So why did you block your mother-in-law? Kind of like what we were talking about, just giving unsolicited advice on um, topics that she doesn't have any relevant life it, relevance the wrong word but just personal life experience related to mm -hmm. and we come from such different cultures my in-laws live in asia um they're not just from asia they still live in asia um and at this point my husband has been in the united states his entire adult life he's from singapore singapore um but he came here before college and so he's basically become an adult in america i think to call him Asian American would be incorrect because I think that means you're Asian and like born in America. But okay. at this point, he's like, he's got the Asian culture that he definitely loves and values, but he's pretty Americanized. So for them to understand some of our life decisions um, and, and choices that we're making for our family isn't really realistic. And, mm -hmm. and we don't want advice on everything. And because most of my life is on Instagram, um, every little video that they see, they're like screenshotting it and sending it to the whole family and like sending him comments related to it. And I need to be able to talk to y'all unapologetically and not have to think about what kind of comments like he's going to get and what his family is going to say to him because of it. Um, and that whole like not having negativity or drama around me, like I just don't want that in my head anymore yeah and you know you're not alone because i'm the same way with with my in-laws um ours, ours was a little bit of a different situation they just didn't accept me for my past so but again like that was something that i don't want in my life and again like if people are going to be negative or not be like supporting us a hundred percent especially if it's like if you're not doing anything illegal right or like that's hurting someone else then I don't think you really have much of a say, right? Like then I don't think that you should be like coming for us. But if we're doing something and our our jobs are like social media is part of our job and our work. And so um I think that unless unless those in-laws are going to be like, you know what? You don't have to work anymore. Let us just support you so you don't have to put your life online. Then then I'm like, okay, let's talk. Let's have a conversation. But if you're not and you're just like, you know, making comments or judging it would be like coming into your office and being like, you know, I don't really like these curtains and I don't like that employee over there. And it's like, you can't really come into like our workplace and start like uh, barking orders, you know? Um, I don't know. That's just- Well, I think it's, you're right. It's it's really different. And everybody's situation is different, right? Because we all grow up differently. We all come from different places. 
and my in-laws are legitimately really nice, really good Christian people. But the cultural differences, like they they to be told something that's going on, they need a different explanation than like my parents might because it's just such a different culture. And I think that's one of the big things. Like I knew I was marrying somebody from a different culture, but I didn't realize all of the ways it would impact our life. It's, yeah. it's probably a whole nother episode too. Yeah, because I'm, I'm really curious, like that culture and like what exactly you're talking about. We'll save that for another episode. Okay, <laughs> sounds good. Maybe we, <laughs> maybe we end on that note. Make sure you tune in for the next episode so that we can get into some more details about this culture and what's actually going on because I'm curious. I agree. I think we've talked about everything imaginable from like in-laws to plastic surgery to Christmas gifts and selling your house. Ladies, I want you to remember that authenticity is your superpower. Stay unapologetically yourself and let's continue embracing our uniqueness together. Make sure you hit that follow button so you don't miss out on the next episode.